it's Wednesday night. And it's time for football. Bloody hell. On the show tonight, we got Mr. Paul Thorpe. Ricky Hyatt. Hilda Pryor. I'm on. And Josh Staunton joins us. And we'll be looking back at the first weekend of the new Premier League season. sit back and enjoy and let's have a bit of football banter. Well, good evening everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Well, bloody hell, oh, the Premier League is back after its little break. So um, it all got rather quickly started over the weekend. But uh, first of all, let's just say hello to our, our guest today. Um, Josh Staunton's gone missing, don't know where. Um, Hilda's here though. Hello, Hilda. Good evening, everybody. And Thorpey's back from his wanderings in Spain. Thorpey, you all right? Yep. Fantastic. Uh, glad to be back in the... Uh, well, am I glad to be back? Well, possibly not. <laughs> but it's got some lovely hot weather over here now as well. Yeah, exactly. And Ricky's here. Hi, Rick. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, all right, all right, all right. And I'm here. So, let's get started. What are we going to start with then? Well, do you know, I thought yeah. the, the first thing was that the BBC have decided they're not going to they're not going to have the um, classified football results anymore. I mean that is that is scandalous. I mean you can't do that. They've had I mean what about James Alexander Gordon? What what's he going to do with his life? I mean what do you think guys? I mean it's it's a it's a part of society that isn't it the football results on the telly or the radio? Absolutely, I totally agree. Part of society, but that does mean that everybody can tune into Free Valley's radio and get the classified results from us, can't it? Doesn't it? Well, that's very true. Yes, yes, indeed. But whether we're quite as as uh, good at doing it as the BBC were after all these years that they've done it, I don't know. But uh, no doubt people will be very quick to tell us. So um, yeah, I'm surprised at that. What do you think, boys? Part of um, my life growing up, listening. Listening into it, and um, you know, uh, right from a kid, got the classified results, and uh, everything was absolutely fantastic. So um, it's a real shame that uh, the BBC haven't uh, kept uh, that going. What do you think, Rick? Did you ever used to listen to them? Yeah, always, always. But I think the fact that I wasn't aware that they weren't going to be on says everything about the decision not to have them on because most people have got so many other platforms that they can get to um, 
to find out results. And it's it's not like it used to be. It used to be you'd find out the results at the end. Some of them you didn't know. Whereas now everybody's got streaming services and text and all that sort of thing. So with it all the time. And in answer to your question, what is James Alexander Gordon going to do? Well, not a lot. He died in 2014. So he's oh. probably unaware of what's happening. Well, <laughs> I, I would imagine he's probably turning in his grave then at the news. I suspect he is. <laughs> It's like a little kebab. Yeah. What do you think then, uh, Hilda? Well, I, it just seems a little bit odd to scrap it, really, because presumably they're still having the programme. So that what they're saying is they're just stopping what five minutes of television. Seems. Uh, yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know what it's sort of gaining or or not gaining, as it were, with that with that decision. Because presumably, is it just? On so the BBC have said this. Is it just on their TV show? So, for example, if you are driving home from a match, they won't do the classifieds on Five Live, for example. Well, as we speak, I'm just quickly having a look onto the uh, internet to see if I can find the story, and uh, we can. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because like Rick yeah, said about well, there's so many ways that, that other people can get at different platforms, and I agree with that. There, there is, but does that mean that it's right? And it doesn't mean that it has something that's really good and has been there since uh, the, the day one me, me getting involved in, in and looking and enjoying football as a kid. You know, does that mean, mean that it is, you know, it should be stopped? No, I don't think it does. I, I, sometimes I actually think that, you know, some of these platforms are, you know, fine. You can go into them and find whatever you need nowadays, can't you? But does it mean that it's good? And I'm not sure whether it does. And, I, and I'm certainly... Maybe it's just because I'm uh, getting older and I'm an old git now, but um, I, I still like to see it there, and I, you know, I still want to uh, tune in a little bit if, I, if I've got time to, having, to listen to it. Having said that, having said that, I don't think. I mean, I say I don't think. Well, there's probably a majority of the people who probably watch Soccer Saturday or something like that. I suppose, as opposed to yeah. the final score, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. And. I'm used to the voice of Alan Lambourne. I don't know who he is, but it's just the guy I know who does the classifieds after Soccer Saturday, and that's the voice I've always been used to. Yeah. It sounds, yeah, like, you, wrong. sounds like you all agree with what Des Lynham says here. He says he's described the BBC's controversial decision to axe the traditional reading of the classified results as cheap and change for change sake. Sportsmail, yeah. Sportsmail revealed that the broadcasters had taken the shock move to can the much-loved 5pm scores on Radio 5 Live's Sports Report uh, programme on Saturday following eight decades. So it's... Uh... <laughs> Rick, hey, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, Rick. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? How do you think Charlotte Green's taken this news? Well, I know. I mean, she must be devastated, I would imagine. You know, out of a job at her young age. I mean, it's pathetic, isn't it, really? But there, what can you do? I mean, and there's, there's, all, there's also another point as well, you know, that um, it's not everybody can afford Sky. So the people who can't afford Sky probably have only got, like, you know, the, the, the channels on their, their telly. And, you know, it's still a, a big part, probably a big part of their life still. And it's a way of them still getting um, the information through. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's great that we've got this technology. It's great that we've got Sky. But it doesn't mean to say that everybody's using it. And there might be some millions of people who haven't got Sky uh, that, that, that depend on the channels 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 and the other ones you can get on Freeview. But it, it, it's, um, it's still so something that I think that should be delivered. 
always used to be on Freeview. I don't know if it is anymore, Ben. I'm not sure, but, I just, you know, I just think that, it, like you say, it's only five minutes and it's such an important part of, of somebody's Saturday afternoon with the football, possibly. Like, so yeah. I, actually, I actually agree with that. I don't, think, I don't think it should be stopped. I think it should be there. It gives an opportunity for people to choose where they want to, want to watch it, whether it's online or, you know, but they've still got a chance of, of it being on the BBC. Um, and I agree, you know, with the comments. I think it's change for change's sake. Um, and I do, personally, I, I, I disagree with it. It's almost sake as, of fight, It's not really worth it, is it, Rick? Yeah. It's almost as bad as cricket Josh, without cricket tees, really, isn't it? You know? Josh, do you ever listen to the uh, final scores, or are you busy at that sort of time? <laughs> I'm usually busy at that time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that. Anyway, Josh, you've arrived. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, sorry, I didn't think... I, I was waiting for some details to come, and they, hmm. they never came. Sorry, mate, I, I didn't send them out till very late today, that's so that's right. my bad. <laughs> you can't get the staff, can you? Anyway. Um, Josh, uh, we've got to start with you, really, haven't we? Um, very disappointing day on Saturday evening. What have you got to tell us about it? Um, yeah, it was, it was disappointing, I think. It's uh, it's disappointing. Even that just it's probably more disappointing the fact that the first game of the season and and on TV probably yeah. blows out of proportion a bit. But it is um, it's only one game in the scheme of forty six, so um, it's not all doom and gloom like everyone's making out. Uh, I think it's very easy to get sucked into that negativity. And um, look, you you. Unfortunately, on, on, on the first game of the season, there, there has to be a winner a lot of the time. There has to be a loser. We can't all draw. And away from home, it was a tough fixture. They they had a good... I thought they were actually quite good, to be fair. Um, uh, and we'll, we'll take some lessons from it, which we might not have... I said to the gaffer today, we, had we pulled it back and drawn, we might have overshadowed things which will cost us in the season. So it might be a case of dropping a point there and gaining gain in, in the long run. So we'll have to wait and see, really. I mean, as a, as a question for you, Josh, um, uh, as defenders, and maybe an old-style old defender, were, were you disappointed looking back on, on the actual, like, um, I don't know, we've analysed it already to, today? Yeah. You know, were you disappointed on the manner of the goals? Because oh, definitely. Definitely, they were, they were poor goals. Yeah. Two really, really like, bad goals. The, the, fir the first one, the, you know, his positioning was wrong and he should have attacked it. You know, and I think a little bit of old school um, defending would have been the fact that we'd have really attacked that ball. And the second one, God, we let him run what 20, 20 meters, and 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 we just backed off and backed off the next minute. We were pr pretty much on our on our like uh, penalty spot before he just went. Well, I'm just going to slot it in the, oh, in the corner yeah, there. It was the, the second one. It was a lot longer than twenty meters. I'm sure it was yeah, probably about yeah. fifty, probably more close to fifty, which mm. is disappointing. And um, Nobody engaged it at all today. Yeah, look, I'm not here right now to point fingers and, and, and pass on blame, but they're definitely poor goals to concede. And yeah. if you want to go anywhere in a season, you can't really concede. You can't continue, you can't carry on conceding goals like that. If it's a one-off, we'll write off as a blip. And, but if it continually happens, then there's a, there's a major problem, isn't there? Yeah, because right at the end, literally, we, we, we nearly got a draw, didn't we? I mean, we, yeah, when we yeah. really got a hold of the game, we really tore them a shreds and... Uh, I say tore them a but you know we created chances near the end. Well, they're back, they're back to it. Yeah, yeah. We um, 
we went we were just more aggressive i think when we had nothing when people were, when we had nothing to lose people started playing and that i think that's that's not something you can afford to do you can't afford to go behind to to start playing mm. and um the intensity was stepped up the we played higher up the pitch we played more aggressive and yeah the last 20 they they had their backs up against the wall and and it was kind of one of them where you're just waiting to score really you think if it if it yeah. went in it would would have been an excellent point saved and everyone's saying the group great character uh like it's a great sign of of not winning, not losing but the fact that we didn't put it in the net it's it's like the world's about to end mm. but i mean the game lasts 10 minutes longer and you you're definitely getting another goal i think absolutely but unfortunately they don't last yeah, 10 yeah. minutes longer. Know, that's easy but, to um, say but you were but, definitely um, certainly on the front foot like you said like the last yeah yeah definitely sort of 20 definitely, minutes but, half an hour definitely look more likely to oh absolutely um, to get absolutely. another one but we have to we have to get in a position where we're doing that from the start of games, don't we? Rather than ch- chasing a two 0 deficit, because it you give yourself a mountain to climb, and yeah. by that point there's no real margin for error. You have to put it in the net. Whereas if we had chances, we had a lot of chances. Um, we had chances in the first half, even when we were playing poorly. We we still had some some balls flash across the face of goal, which if we just had a bit more desire to get on the end of them, it's a completely different game. Yeah, I mean you know. With um, jumping on the old bandwagon, like I'm going to just about now, it, it wasn't just at, at, uh, in your your league because it obviously happened in the uh, in in the Premier League as well. Because you know, like Manchester United, really. I mean, I I was, I you'd think I'd be absolutely joyous of it, in, in a way I am. But it was it was almost embarrassing how bad the defensive performance was in, in the Man United game. You know, and and again, you know, I know we sort of had attacked uh, Maguire last year, but. I was looking at his game, and I just cannot believe some of the stuff that was going on. Um, so there's a there's a there's a big task there as well, and equally, they could have nicked it towards the end. You know, they got back to two one, you know, and that would have hidden a lot of the cracks. So sometimes, actually, you, you can get a lot of pluses from that that loss uh, at the start of the season uh, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I had this conversation with the gaffer. I said, like, realistically, we were poor on the day for the majority of the game. Mm. And a good thirty minutes could have rescued us a point, but that thirty that thirty minutes we would have all focused on that. We'd have all gone away going, "Cool, we we got a chance. We're a good team. We just slide slow, rather than actually focusing on the details, which put us in that position." So sometimes it it might be it might that that losing that one point on Saturday might gain us nine ten throughout the season if we implement doing the basics better. As simple as that. Unless, the way, isn't it? You, you yeah. always lose. You always learn more from a defeat than you do. Absolutely, yeah. And let's Absolutely. be let's be fair, yeah. uh, Josh. I mean, if if we'd have scored that that second goal, uh, we'd have all been absolutely up. Oh, what a brilliant goal! And secondly, yeah. um, Alex Fisher put across of, uh, across the face of the goal. I mean, how nobody got on the end of that. And I mean, that could yeah, have made yeah. the difference, couldn't it? You know. Absolutely, then fine margins. But like, that 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 guy who scored that second goal is a very very good footballer. Yeah, he's a fantastic footballer. He was a very, very good yeah. player and probably one of the best I've, I've ever come across at this level. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't really be at really. No, but if the money's there, the players are there, aren't they? And yeah. and you have to identify on a pitch. You can't give players like, like that time to run into the box. If that's someone else maybe at a lower standard, you, he's not going to put it in the top corner from 17 yards, 16 yards out. But it's about identifying... Rick, it's, it's like cricket, isn't it? You know your fielders. You don't take a single to the best yeah. fielder on the on the pitch. That is the analogy. It's like no, you have to know what players you're playing against. And yeah. 
someone coming out and committing a foul against the best player on the pitch probably is, yeah. is in the long run is is better than letting him run down the middle of the pitch at us. And of course, you had but, a lot. Yeah. Of, you had a lot of players out there that that you know you were still getting to know each other because there's a lot of new faces out there in the oval team, and I mean that takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't go out and hit the ground running, especially when a few of the boys are coming quite late. It really changes the dynamic of the team. And the positive thing for me as as a player was the fact that one, the boys had the character to stand up at two 0 albeit it was too late as a group. But it could have easily gone the other way. We could have we could have turned around and said, "Oh, we lost our our main attacking threat on two days before," and with that turns into a four nil loss. Yeah, if you Whereas, and all of a sudden you're looking at a four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just take the positives. Exa exactly. So learn from it. Yeah. Take the positives and not get yourselves in a situation where those positives overshadow all the stuff that went before. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. No, absolutely. You've got to have time together, haven't you? To no, no, that, that's the thing. That's what you're trying to get us across to the boys. I mean, obviously, it's a bit yeah, of a yeah, blow to, to the boys. It's, it's, it's a case of. It's a bit of a blow to lose. Um, Tom Knowles just you know a day before the season starts I mean but on the other hand he's ambitious he wants to he wants to move up the leagues you can't really blame him for that can you no 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 he's, he's deserved his chance he's deserved his shot like the thing is like that was a that was a hard first game we got two very very tricky first two games yeah and we no one in this league has a divine right to go to Scunthorpe and win and no. we have to understand that as a group and and Kind of relieve some pressure off ourselves and, and just go and play like we did in the last thirty minutes. Well, you won't be the only team goes there and loses, Josh, will you? Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're, they're, they're two of their midfield, two out of the three midfielders had exceptional games. Butterfield and and um, yeah. Woodhouse. They had two very very. The pair of them had very very good games and and. I mean, but Butterfield alone. I mean, he's he's just jumping in. Sorry. Um, I mean, he's, he started off at Man United. He's got Barnsley, Norwich, Bolton Wanderers, Crystal Palace. Middlesbrough, Huddersfield, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Bradford, Luton Town. Uh, he's been out to Melbourne and St Johnston, and then he's come into the first game at Stunthorpe, but he's got a goal. Like so, immense experience in, yeah, that, yeah. in that middle of midfield. But but all we can try and do is learn off it, and try and learn up the way they he controlled the game when he when he had to. And like, there's no point. Like this, it's it's the first game of the season. Everyone wants to get off to a flying start, but. That doesn't mean your season's over because you've lost the first game. Hey, Josh, it's about trying to find that middle ground. Isn't it? Josh, if you've got you go gold in, in you game. against Wrexham, remember that. Yeah, I'd, I'd like, to, I'd like to go and get one and contribute for the team. <laughs> I was going to say, coming up, you know, you, you've got the Josh Staunton derby. Well, it's not a derby, is it? It's <laughs> yeah. Josh Staunton's Netflix match. You're guaranteed Jove will go into that 1 0 up, so uh, nothing to worry about. <laughs> but, but, it'd be, but, is, but we, we need to feel as it, like the. It's hard as a, as a senior player because you're trying to take so much responsibility off the young lads and and try and take that pressure for them and and yeah. they do they need to go into that mentality that it's just another game of football and, and we need to have a belief about us as a, as a team and as a club that Jesus we're more than capable of, comp of competing against Wrexham we've done it last season it's not like they're do you know what I mean they're they'll be beaten at points this season so we just need to believe in ourselves and and um, and not get too down because. I've lost for open games before and had very successful seasons, so it's not. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't. It's important you don't just feel like you're writing your whole season off. 
And, and Wrexham, I think I'm right in saying, were 2 0 down, weren't they, on the day, on Saturday, I think? Uh, 1 0. They were 1 0 down, one and then Elliot Lee came on and scored yeah. two, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know, they're not unbeatable. But moving on to uh, the Framership, um, uh, Thorpe, you mentioned United and defending, and I've got to say, I don't know how McTominay stayed on the field with that tackle. Um, that was awful, I thought. But um, having said that, I mean, you know, they're still not the right team yet, and Ten Hag's got a hell of a job, and he hasn't got the players in that he wanted to get in, which is disappointing. And, and quite frankly, why they're continuing to keep going after De Jong when he's already said he doesn't want to come to a team that's not in the Champions League, I don't really understand that. But unless De Jong has said something to to Ten Hag over the phone to sort of give him some sort of different take on the, the whole situation. I mean, you know... If, I, I thought, um, I'll, I'll jump something in, I thought Liverpool and Manchester United were both defensively inept uh, on, on Saturday. I thought uh, Fulham... Attacked us really well. Uh, the, the Liverpool game, you know, the, the same in 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 the Manchester United game. Brighton came on the front foot. You know, they they, they brought on subs really really well, and I thought both uh, Manchester United and Liverpool both struggled. And I think that you know, it's going to be an interesting Premiership this year. And uh, don't you know? I think every anybody could beat anybody. We've sort of said this in the past, but I think it's even more evident uh, it's going to happen this year. Some good squads out there. Um, they all want to play this sort of high-pressing game, and they're all finding out how to sort of play against some of the top teams. And I think it could be interesting. You know, Man the, the only one that I I thought was a you know looked really really strong was was Man City really, and Tottenham. I thought Tottenham looked very very strong. But even they went one 0 down at the fight back as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I mean, going back to the Liverpool game, how could Virgil Van Dijk try and say that that wasn't a penalty? I mean, no, he's having a penalty. laugh, wasn't he? You know? But, so, uh, I think most defenders say it's not a penalty, though, don't they? But, because they're well, clean. I suppose they try and get away with it, yeah. You know, but um, yeah. that, that I thought that was a bit sort of... Uh, but no, I mean, as I say, going back to United, I mean, there was a fight in the stands between the United supporters. I mean, for goodness sake, what are they <laughs> coming to? They are fighting amongst themselves. Unbelievable, I thought. But Haaland... I mean, dear, oh dear, that does send out an awfully strong message, doesn't it? I mean, I didn't realise oh, he yeah. was quite as big as he is, but when you see him up against other players, he's a big old lump, isn't he? And the second yeah, goal, Aid, the second pace. goal was unbelievable because mm, yeah. I think he took he took that ball and then within about two strides um, sort of opened his body up and then like, possibly with the third or fourth touch, was it, just beyond the goalkeeper, like... He, any other striker would have been in on goal at a slightly different position and probably would have been a lot closer to the keeper, whereas he took it so early that it was literally just kind of like a, a statement from him to say, this is just the start of what I can do here, isn't it? Mm. If he does yeah. get minutes on the pitch, which is what our concern has been with uh, City signing him, if he does get 30 Premier League games plus, then I think... I think they're going to be hard to stop again, aren't they? Well, yeah, oh, especially basing it on Liverpool's performance as well. You know, it wasn't the greatest. Um, you know, to to get held by Fulham, um, if you are, you know, fancying your chances of winning the Premier League, um, you wouldn't have thought that would have happened. In all honesty, that that's the di that's the difference in the Premier League. Like, sort of, no disrespect to obviously 
um, where Yeovil are at the moment, because Josh quite rightly says that, you know, one game, the first game of the season doesn't define you. But because Liverpool have missed out on the title by the odd point over the last couple of seasons, that could be the difference. Because oh, yeah, definitely. At that level, the, the consistency been so is... Tight. Yeah, so the consistency is different at crazy. that level, isn't it? Yeah, mm. so crazy. So hopefully that isn't the case, but... Um, yeah, it was an entertaining game, um, but unfortunately, if you're you know a fan like yourself, you're obviously wanting to get off to that perfect start. But uh, mm. well, we'll of course, um, I want to bring Rick in on this one. Uh, we all know he he absolutely loves the Glazers, and I see somebody's come out today with with a with a statement saying that you know this bid for um, Marco Aranovac or whatever his name is, I can't pronounce yeah, it, um, is you know, is is the worst insult from the Glazers that that you know they could sanction us putting in a bid for him, and you know what do you think about that? I mean, I tend to agree with it. Uh, yeah, it is. It shows the lack of thinking. The beast is rotting from the head. It's just from Avra, Avram Grant was there at the game, mm. so he would have seen the protest. He would have seen that they had to shut the mega store. Because, uh, which is his nice little uh, money earner, because of the protests that were there. So, I mean, it's it's just it's a good job, I suppose, that um, Epstein Island was closed so that Avram could spare the time to get to Old Trafford and to see United for about the third time ever. But they're a disgrace. You see, Gary Neville on Sky Sports actually finally somebody who is respected by everybody to do with United has come out and said, "No, it's about time the, that the Glazers left." But he was cut off. Sky Sports doing their thing. They're all in bed together, so they don't want that, that opinion going out. So uh, they, Dave Jones cut him off again. So I don't, I don't know. It's just it shows that they know nothing about football and they don't care about football. It's, a, it's an unfortunate thing, and that's it's why I get so annoyed about uh, the sports washing that's going on, because part of it is uh, is jealousy because when you've got owners that are states basically owning football clubs and United end up with that. Mm. It might just be, it is primarily jealousy. I'll hold my hands up and say that, but it's, it's also a matter of competence. They're just incompetent and it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And also just one little thing. I would like a pound every time someone on Sky mentions the fact that Martinez is five foot nine. Get over it. We do know that now. You yeah. don't have to keep repeating. <laughs> Every time he touches the ball, it's boring. Well, it is. And, I, didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy the game very much, Adrian. Put it that Football's way. back, boys. Football is back. Yeah, old Football is back. Well, whilst we're on the subject of Man United, I watched uh, quite a few of the um, pre-season friendlies. And i got to say, I was hugely impressed. And i got to say, I don't know why he's not starting. Um, with, uh, is it Hannibal? Hannibal. Hannibal. Madbury? Yeah. Madbury? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I thought his performances showed what a midfielder uh, should really be doing. He was always available. His energy was incredible. His speed he went past people like they weren't even there. Well, Garnacho, when he came on, like, yeah. with five minutes to go, he, yeah. he made an impact. Then why wait that long? The, yeah. You've got to make a statement about these things. And saying about um, McTominay being lucky to be on the pitch, McTominay's lucky to start the way he's playing at the moment. He's well, I have to say that, that 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 was basically one of the points I was going to bring up. When you had a player like this Hannibal playing the way he was in pre-season, yep. he 
He looked far, yeah. far, far better Zidane player than, than what McTominay Zidane was. So Charlie Savage, Garnacho. These boys are the future, so get them on. If, if, you, if you want to make a point about not having the players that you want, play mm. what you've got. Give the kids a go. Well, not only no, that... Is there something behind the club? Is there something behind the scenes that we don't know about why they're having to play these players? Because Incompetence. It's just no forward planning. Every season, there's been a case of who's going to make us the kings of social media? Who's going to get the most clicks on... Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And there's no... Finally, by hook or by crook, United have got a manager in who seems to know what he's doing. He's got a plan. He's got a way of playing. It's structured. He wants the players that, that he wants in. But they're still just, just chasing nonsense. And it's 10 years of mismanagement that's come round and it's biting United on the bum. And it's probably going to be 10 years before it gets sorted out. And it won't start getting sorted out until those leeches at the top of the club go home. Yeah. I don't think he was ever going to get it right on day one. In ter- and what I mean by that is the media perception, because yeah. like Thorpey touched on, the younger boys that did do really well in pre-season, if he starts with three of them and Brighton hit four at Old Trafford, then the screams are louder. Like I think he he probably couldn't afford to do that if they were on the wrong end of the result, because maybe we'd be having a different discussion now. I don't know. But remember when, when Fergie brought in... Tried and trusted. Remember when Fergie brought in, um, what was it, Forrest Scholes, Neville? Um, yeah. You know, all in one game against Aston Villa, and they said, oh, you won't win any yeah, of the kids. Yeah, but that was, Adrian, that was... Yeah, but it was such was a group. long time ago, wasn't it, now? And yeah, that, but that the point is, it has been, been done. together through the, through the club. They've been together for, for years. It wasn't just one or two. Giggs had already made it into the team. And then, you, you, in fairness, he did do that, but it was on block. It was a group of them. Mm. At the moment, it's just—it's not fair on the kids to chuck them in into into that atmosphere. Why would you do that to them? That's the can I say? Can I say something? It's something that Josh said earlier on, you know, and it's really, really important because Josh mentioned earlier on that that the older players in the Oval team have to nurture and look after the youngsters and bring them in and sort of like say, look, this is just another game. You know, and, and and work off the experience like um, like Josh is trying to give that give them. You know, and it's all equally important that you know. I'm not saying that there should be three or four thrown into the team at Manchester United, but you know, if they're nurtured and they're good enough, playing alongside people who with experience, like you know, we've got Worthington in the midfield, we've got Josh in there as well. You know, and then you've got like um, you know Fernandez. Uh, in, 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 the, in the in the Man United side, they can quite easily drop these players in there, you know, especially in, you know um, in the games that, that, that are probably not top games, but the, the lesser the lesser games, and give them valuable experience and find well, out whether they're really something. Remember, remember the last time United played your shower. The only highlight to come out of the out of the game was Hannibal coming on and committing four fouls in five minutes, because he was the only one in the United shirt that actually showed any desire or passion. Mm. Yeah. What what I, what I what I think is um, is that is that message when he plays McTominay and Fred together, is he doing that to show to show they need more more bodies? Must be. Is it like a message to the chairman saying that you're gonna the results are gonna be the same if we don't give you new players? Well, let's hope the chairman and people noticed it. Yeah, but results won't matter, Adrian. The thing that's going to make more of an impact on the bloody Blazers is the fact that the megastore was shut. Mm. 
Yeah. That's like more likely to have an effect on match hour than any anything that happens on a football field. Yeah, well, we know that there's this this uh, billionaire guy, I've forgotten his name now, that was uh, supposedly sitting in the background waiting for something to happen. Well, I wish he'd sort of stand up and actually do something and make something happen rather than just waiting. But there, yeah, but we but just just going back to um, um, the guy. What's his name again? Out Outovich. Outovich. Put it aside all the politics and all the rest of it. Do you think he'd be? Do you think he? I mean, at the moment, Rashford can't hit a barn door. So on the basis of that, do you think he might be worth just as a? To be honest, to be honest, Aid, I think I think he would score you goals, and he probably would do a job for you. But I think it's more just about the longer-term message, I guess, because it's like when you signed Igalo, like, he did okay for you, didn't he? And he, yeah. he sort of was quite key in that Europa League run. But they're not Man United, not Man United players, though, are they? They're not yeah, Man that's United what players. I mean. It's just a... He's not a Rude Van Nistelrooy. He's not a... But you boys could turn around to me in, like, three months' time and go, well, that Arnautovic was actually quite a good buy because he's what? got... Four say seven, two, two but things. then it's more that it's more to it than that, as Josh just yeah, says. I would say two things about that. One, it's classic United because we're not even at the end of the transfer window, and it's a panic setting. Because remember, Falcao, Cavani, um, someone else who came in last minute, big name, has been coming in, and Igalo was another one. But the only thing I would say about the signing of Anatovic is, if that decision or that suggestion has come from Ten Hag, go with it. If it's come from anywhere else, don't. Well, it sounds like it has come from Ten Hag because he's played with him, hasn't well, he? It's as ridiculous as we might think it is. He's the man in charge. We either back him or we don't. So if he thinks... So I what, heard it came from Steve it. McLaren. Well, Did he have his brolly? Because I think he was Arnautovic's manager at FC20. Yeah. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Ten Hag might opinion. have been there at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think he was roles reversed, wasn't he? He yeah, was yeah. McLaren's assistant. Yeah, I think so. So yeah. probably trust him. Might be wrong. Might be wrong. But also, it's classic United. It's, it's like, um, again, Gary Neville said on Sky Sports, United put a bid in. What's the first thing you do when Man United put a bid in for your player? You refuse it because you know they will come back with more money. And yeah. that's what's happened mm. with this one already. They can't even pick him up as a bargain. No. So it's like... Whole place is a joke at the moment. So, so let's talk about Liverpool. Though, what do you reckon to um, Darwin then? Lie down, lie down. In your bed. Well, it's not me. I am not. Who you asking? Hilda, come on. What do you think about Darwin then? Because I thought he looked pretty well, useful. Yeah, he does. I mean, he hasn't really played that many minutes still, and the fact that he's got, you know, he's got. Um, a lovely little flick, wasn't it, against Fulham and scored in the Community Shield. He's looked, he's looked lively on the minutes that we have seen him, and I'm just looking forward to him getting a, a full run in the side now. But certainly, first impressions look really exciting. But Klopp seemed a bit miserable after the game, moaning as you know, picking on the pitch and all sorts. He's a proper moaner these days, isn't he? Oh, it was far too dry, far too dry. Yeah, but you're not telling me that <laughs> no, any other pitch wasn't far I, too dry. I, 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 no, I agree. Yeah, there's, there's of course, a I agree. Bit more into that, really, because like you've got to realise that he was really peed off the way they played. It, that's yeah, not definitely. a Liverpool performance, and uh, you know, and, and 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 when you when you are a little bit cheesed off, you tend to look a he little. He was probably surprised, Thorpey. To be honest, Sorry? he was probably surprised at the performance. Yeah, yeah, I I I wasn't 
too surprised. I, I looked at some of their preseason games and I was a little bit disappointed. I, looked, I couldn't really fathom out what it was actually trying to achieve in some of the games. Yeah, I couldn't really fathom out what he was trying to achieve, apart from obviously getting lots of uh, uh, game time for some of the players in the squad. And, um, you know, I always said uh, in, in previous podcasts that I thought this season was going to be tough for, for Liverpool. And um, I think the start, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I need to get a grip of it, you know, quickly. Um, Henderson needs, his captain needs to get uh, right into the players and say this is just not good enough. Like, you know, I know it's only me. one game. Sorry. Did you, were you surprised at just how um, uh, weak the, the Liverpool bench looked? I know that there has been a lot of injuries to some of the squad players, but mm. I thought it was quite alarming how there only looked to be about three or four senior players on the bench because I know a lot of Liverpool fans in particular have been quite uh, vocal in Jurgen Klopp deciding not to go for another midfield player. Do you think yeah. that that's an area we should be looking in, looking to uh, add another body in there? Uh, uh, listen, I, I, I think that, yeah, midfielder, another striker. Uh, and I, I know we say we've got... I, I still think we need more. I still think we need more. Listen, when, you, when you're trying to stay with the likes of Manchester City... You know we're not we're not spending nothing like what Man City are, but you need to sort of go and get numbers in, so that when we we get injuries, you know it's it's important that we get them with quality players. And it's and I agree with you. I mean the bench looked, um, you know, a little bit shy, and that, that's where your depth of squad. You, know, you don't don't just get numbers in, you know, but quality players. And know, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be tough this year. I think that. You know, listen, I, I thought um, certain teams I, I, I sort of like wrote down, Fulham, Brighton, Le- Leeds looked really good, Spurs looked really, really strong. You know, it, it's becoming a really phenomenally competitive league. And at the, and the standouts last year were, were, were Man City and Liverpool, by a shadow of a doubt. So it was a fantastic chase right to the end. You know, I was so impressed with what Man City have, have, have signed. You know, and I wanted somebody really big. We've got some, don't get me wrong, because some good, great signings. But to stay at the level and compete at uh, European level as well, I think we need that little bit extra. Look, looking at Manchester City, though, uh, if you look at Haaland, what, what a bargain. Last thing. 55 million. One last thing. It wasn't a bargain. It was a, it was a release clause. Well, all right, but it's you know, if if that's the case, if it was a release clause, how come that so few teams made a real effort to sign him? Because he's. Do you remember uh, Raiola, the agent? Yeah. And Alfie Ingerhaland, the uh, Roy Keane's mate, they yeah. pocketed absolute millions in this deal. That's where all the money went. The money's gone to Erling Haaland himself and to everybody involved in getting the move. And that's yeah, the only thing. It would have been a lot more than the 55 that it went to yeah. the club, wouldn't it? You can probably take that figure and, and do it again. It will come somewhere close to what a market value for him would be, but it's just that they've done it quite cleverly. They've taken the money away from uh, Dortmund and put is it in it, their own pocket. Isn't his dad the, his agent as well? He was involved in the negotiations. Yeah, I think yeah. he is his agent. So yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> that's that's the thing that that's the thing that annoys me about that transfer. Yeah, I mean, I, even I could have spotted that Harlem would have been a good signing for a club. So nobody's done any talent spotting, and also 
it's not great business by City to, to say they got him for 51 million because whoever got him was going to get him for 51 million. That mm. was his price. All the rest of the money's gone elsewhere. Well, I but, think... But just... I think the fact that uh, his his father played for City, I think that had a huge bearing on it myself. <clears throat> yeah, possibly, yeah. You know, well, he's got pictures with uh, with a uh, Stockport shirt on when he was a when he was a baby. So, bound to go see. Yeah, but I mean, I think the fact that you know this business with Roy Keane, I don't think that helped United if if they did make a bit of an effort because clearly, you know, that still lingers, doesn't it? Well, it's just a shame that Keno has had all daughters, isn't it? Because if he had a lad, United you know, could have signed him. Harlem would have never entered the country. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, this is true. Just let's, let's, let's talk about Tottenham Hotspur. Because uh, mm. who was it was saying? Somebody said to me today that, um, uh, what's his name, Levy has come out and said that it's the best manager he's ever had, Conte is. What, uh, what do you think about that? Well, if if you give if you give him uh, what he wants, then then you know he he can be he can be a good manager. Like you know, it's it, it, it's funny isn't it because he was moaning last season. You know, and, and I thought at one point he was even just going to jack it in and leave, but he stuck you around. You get that from him though. That's part of yeah, the package, he, I would say. He, he wants to throw his toys out of pram now and again, but like yeah, he's a good manager. But his demands are, are probably what Tottenham need. You know, and he's sorting his dressing room out, and and he, with no certain terms, and he will get more out of them. I mean, they they had a demanding, absolutely um, ruthless and demanding pre-season apparently, and uh, so we'll see where where it brings. Is it going to be the, the old Tottenham where they do really well at the start and fade away at the end? I I, I don't know, but um, I certainly think that uh, he's made some good signings. Uh, I think again, he still needs depth the squad, but they haven't got that deep pockets. Um, but it be, will be very interesting. So I think they're certainly going to have, uh, by the looks of it, a good season. The thing about Conte, he always strikes me. You've got uh, Klopp and Guardiola, probably rated as the two best managers in the world. United have now got Ten Hag in, but they are all managers. All the other managers seem to be ones that have a structure and a plan and whatever. Conte just strikes me as the one that if you had to put a manager into any squad and get the best out of that squad... Conte is probably the most flexible in that sense that he get he maximizes what he's got there rather than having to get his own style of style of play as if well, that might, I could be wrong. Have you dropped your dinner or something, Hilda? Oh what no, I've polished, polished that off now. Oh. <laughs> I think Conte's done well. I think I think I agree. I only saw little highlights of it on the bus, but Tottenham looked good. Tottenham looked really good, and and I know there was that unrest when he first went there, wasn't there? Like he was very unhappy with the way he was. I don't know. Was it was, was it with the players he had, or was the money he was given, or something like that? He, he was asking for more. Yeah, he was, he was asking. asking for more, and he needed more out of the players. They yeah, but that's that was it, yeah. Isn't it? He's confrontational. He has to be moaning about something, and that's what G's him up. And then he it transfers over to the to the players, and he gets the most out of them. I definitely think they've got. A, the thing is, I agree. I think it's going to. I think won't will struggle to sustain sustain what they've had the last few years, just because I think it's just such a such an asking. I think it's going to take time to replace Mane. Uh, Man City 
just seem to get better and better. They're they're almost boring to watch, aren't they? They're so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It becomes uh, expected like that they're just gonna they're just gonna win the game. Yeah, well, and like they and dominate the so much. Go, yeah, you go. Oh, West Ham, tricky game, two 0 yeah. comfortable. Yeah. It's obvious that uh, so think... teams are beaten before they before they even get on the pitch against City these days. Yeah, it's like that superstar. I mean, it's like it's like Tiger Woods, and mm. you're playing against. It's the nature of the beast you're playing against. You're not just playing against eleven men. You kind of built up to play against. Like at times out there, must feel like there's about fifteen players. Some of their movement and rotation is 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 incredible. But um, you do. You, they probably do. You, you probably go into the game thinking, "Cool, we'll just if we can scrape a nil nil," and there's. That's, it makes it extremely hard to get out of that mindset when they score one to suddenly change, turn it around. And I mean, it must be that difficult when they come up against a team every week that are going to, you know, pat the defence and try and keep them out every week. Um, but I mean, they seem to get over it all right. Yeah, but look at their squad. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 just incredible. Like the the, the uh, and the, the players quality they that they have well. there. They, yeah. who they let, the players they've let go. They lost Fernandinho, Sterling. Yeah, yeah. The lad who's Jesus. 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 Yeah. Jesus. They've, they've lost, they've shipped four, four quality players out. Yeah. Schenker, that's who I was thinking of. And, and brought a couple in. Because this other lad, um, what's his name? Alvarez. Alvarez. Alvarez, yeah. He's going to be a player. He will be a player as well. So, you know, they're just, it's just improving all the time. It's just, but the thing for me is, it's like they're scouting it so because they don't really, other than how they they don't pay massive and massive amounts of money for players. Like they no, get a striker for twenty piece, for twenty million, and you look at Man United. And Man United <laughs> get held to ransom by every single club. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt their wage bill is bigger than Man United still. Probably not. No, the, only, Ooh, the only player they bought lately around. that they've paid top what top dollar for was Jack Grealish, really, wasn't it? hundred million. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like they seem to, they seem to get a lot of players around twenty-five million who are, who fit straight into their team and and make them better. Whereas, you look at Man United, every single player they they look at buying is an eighty million job, mm. and yeah. they don't really strengthen. So their scouting network must be must be so much better. Or maybe it's a coach. Maybe he's just very very good at getting the best out of. He knows exactly what he wants to see in a player, and it's very unique and and, and means he's in a very niche market. Who knows? Mm. And also, when you see a manager, a coach like that, you 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 want to sign in a way. You see the quality of play; it's almost like that draw, isn't it? Like you want to uh, sign, uh, like, yeah, you and, and you know you're going to win trophies. Yeah, yeah. At least United are saving on win bonuses, so that'll bring the wage bill down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good, Rick. Very good. Lot. And clean sheets. <laughs> Still, they're yeah. all. According to what it says on the Daily Mail, they're all going to be green with envy because apparently our third team. Shirt is puke green, apparently. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Yeah. I mean, who came up with that idea? Puke green. Dear, oh dear, lie down. What about Arsenal then, boys? Are they going to make a bit of a go of it this year? I think it's their best chance for a while, I think. I think if you look at the... If you boys watched the, the opening game, or was it being yeah. the opening one of the weekend, that... There was a few people that were suggesting still that, you know, it's a very classic game that Arsenal tend to sort of trip up in. And I thought they were pretty comfortable throughout. I know Palace did have a little bit of a spell in the second half, but 
Ramsdale, other than one uh, crucial save from Eze, the one-on-one, I didn't think he was troubled too much. I thought it was a really sort of un-Arsenal-like performance, if you like, from what we've been used to uh, over the last sort of five, six years. And if they are going to get into the top four, I think this is the best chance um, they've had to do it since they fell out, um, what would it have been, five years ago now without mm-hmm. Champions League football? Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Talking to coaches, <clears throat> um, Josh, what's your new coach like? The bus, what, I mean, the bus, the bus, the bus. Oh, the oh, it's very nice. Yeah, it's a very nice bus. Yeah, <laughs> I did I'm think he meant Chris Hargreaves for a minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 the bus. I've, I mean, I saw some photographs of it. It looks kind of upmarket. I just wonder what it was like. You know, all mod cons. Way too good for us, mate. Put it that way. It's um, a very nice bus. Um, I think it's QPR's old bus. I, th- I was speaking to the driver. So it's a because um, the driver's a fan, isn't he? The driver is a is the oval fan. Yeah, yeah. I believe. Um, and it's yeah, it's a lovely bus, mate. I don't know. I don't know my ins and outs of buses, but it looks like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I've got the specification now, Josh. <laughs> ins, ins and outs of buses, Josh, is usually through the door, mate, OK? Just for, uh, just for yeah. future reference. Um, the wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs> it's, it's, this, yeah. it's this sort of insight that makes uh, Free Valley's radio the go-to to go Yeah. Exactly. Is, no, there, is there a bar at the end? Is there a bar down the back there? There's no bar, but there is Netflix and things on it. So it's, yeah. it's um, like you say, it's very oh. upper class. Josh, leave Netflix alone just for a minute, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just? Uh, I know we're getting close to the end now. It's just a real sad one for Ben Foster. He suffered a broken leg or broken ankle in the uh, Everton game. Did they they confirm that in the end, did they? Yeah, I saw it on, uh, unfortunately, I saw a clip of it uh, today. And uh, it's uh, it's real bizarre, really, because the keeper then tries to keep it in, and the ball was clearly out. It was his back pass, wasn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, and it it basically, like then, he then tried to think, oh, oh, they might score because they've given the ball away. And was the ball, he wasn't sure whether the ball was in or out. He then makes a challenge, and unfortunately, his, his ankle decided to go the different way. Mm. And um, yeah, so he's going to be out for some time. So, a real, a real gutter for Everton because they've got a quite an extensive um, uh, injury list already, and uh, it's Aren't going to be interesting some... to see how uh, our Lampard deals with that situation. Well, is, isn't he bringing Connor Cody in? That was uh, one. Yeah, one I think that would be. A, that would be a really good sign. Yeah, he was on the he was on the bench, wasn't he, against Leeds, which I yeah. thought was quite surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about so, Newcastle? Anyone say anything of Newcastle? I, I, I thought they looked again. good. Solid. No, I, thought they, I, thought. I thought they looked good. You know, uh, weren't, weren't, weren't really troubled at all. Really, I mean, um, there was only one team going to win that one, and that was uh, um, that was Newcastle. Uh, I thought that they looked really, really quite strong. Really. Disappointed that Forrest uh, yeah, failed I think, I think so miserably. Yeah, it was a hard game wonder, for him first up. I do it was wonder a very where hard the goals, yeah, yeah, where the goals might come from. Like, like Josh says, it was it was a tough game for them. Um, you know, I think I think all three have promoted sides. They they're going to probably going to have spells in the season where they do quite well. Bournemouth got off to a good start as well, and obviously we can't 
do a yeovil podcast without tipping uh key for more and saying well done mate getting his first premier league goal unbelievable crazy yeah. And second in the league at the moment. I know it's a stupid league table to put it out now because there's only one game. See that picture. But, but, you know, <laughs> nevertheless, they're there. I mean, there's quite a few teams that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be up there. Um, I always used to say you don't look at the league table until after about six games. Yeah, well, they never, used, fan, they never used to publish United it, fan, did they? No, but as a United fan, I'm not sure that there's any point in the season when I particularly want to look at the league <laughs> But, I mean, they never used to publish the league table for four or five games back in the day. I don't know quite why yeah. we've suddenly started doing it again now. You know, this. It's so, so the likes of football can celebrate, yeah. Yeah, they can be second and enjoy it. Well, that's yeah. Why. Yeah, that's right. But I'm surprised that Bournemouth won so easily against Aston Villa too, to be honest. My, my dark so horses. Underwhelming. My dark horses. <laughs> that's, that's what it was, eh? Yeah. Just put the boot yeah. Away by they saying flying. an outside chance, and um, they were flying in pre season until you said that, and, mm. and then, then the bottom's fallen out of it. Yeah, Unlucky. yeah, well, there you go. You win some, you lose some, but there you uh -huh. go. Yeah. Um, what about Chelsea? Because I mean, they look pretty lackluster, so uh, reports have it. I didn't see the game myself, but it sounds as though they weren't too special. Are they going to do much? I still think they're going to be all right, you know, like there's been a lot of talk of unrest and obviously change of trans, um, transition at Chelsea and new ownership, etc. And they did lose a lot of players on a free, but like their back five was still, what is it? James, Asperlaqueta, Koulibaly, um, Thiago Silva, and who was the other one? Help me out, someone else. But there is still... Chilwell? Like, there was, yeah, Chilwell started. And there is still a very, very good back line. And obviously with the introduction of Sterling now, um, they've got a little bit more firepower as well. I think... And Le Cucaracha from Brighton. <laughs> yeah. They do um, lack that focal point, I guess, in what they lost in um, Lukaku. And did I see Werner's gone now as well to... Um, where he's, he's, gone back, he's gone back, he's gone back to Leipzig, hasn't he? Yeah. So I think there's possibly an opportunity to get... Um, another striker through the door if they're able to do that before, uh, before the window closes. But I would still fancy them for top four. I think it would take a brave man, I think, to bet against them, even with the so-called problems, if you want to call it problems at Chelsea. It's really hard to call the top four, though, isn't it? It's, it's getting tougher and yeah. tougher every year. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I'm more concerned with the top nine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'll make it? <laughs> they said that Chelsea's back three was over a hundred years between them. Whoa. So that, that's building for the future. <laughs> but it's still good. Oh, it's quality, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. quality. The I don't think the age the thing matters silver. anymore because, like, is this Thiago Silva's like third or fourth season? And I'm sure he signed for them when he was yeah. old. Yeah, he's just kept going. But it's, this age thing used to be like 33 and you were spec. Now they're going on to 37, 38. It's all the sports yeah. science, isn't it? It's all the sports science and the nutrition and everything. They, The gym work, they just get looked after so well. I don't think you're going to be retiring anytime soon, Josh. Got to keep going, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. <laughs> you got a bus to pay for. Yeah. yeah. Got to keep going. Exactly. 
<clears throat> what about West Ham? I mean, they seem quite uh, ineffective against City. Did anybody think any different? I think, I think hard to, teams I think it's hard to judge yeah, against City. Tough yeah. game. Tough first game for them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You just was. don't have enough of the ball to really implement yourself. It's so hard to say how good someone is against City because you just don't yeah. have the ball. I think that new Italian striker is going to be really good for them from what I've seen. I think PSG tried to take him before yeah. West Ham were able to get the deal done. I know they've had strikers before in the past that hasn't really worked where, you know, Haller, for example, went to um, West Ham, didn't he? Didn't really happen for him, went to Ajax and then was like the Champions League best player. Like that seems to be the story for West Ham and strikers, mm. which is why Antonio's ended up sort of playing in every position and being their main man. But I think this guy is probably the closest of being their next sort of top level striker that they've had for a few years. We'll see, of course. We will. And they weren't helped, of course, because uh, Les Dawson got injured, didn't he, just before the game. So they end up playing a right back at centre-half which is not ideal preparation for uh, playing against City, I wouldn't have thought. Well, gentlemen, much as it hurts me to say so, I'm afraid we've run out of time. So I would like to thank our guests. Thank you, Paul Fulk, for joining us. Absolute pleasure, as always. Thank you, Hilda. You're very welcome. You look like a complete clown with your headphones like that. Um, Rick, <laughs> Rick, thanks for joining <laughs> us, mate. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. It's always a pleasure. Uh, never a chore. And finally, Josh, thanks for joining us, Josh. I'll make thanks sure that the it. staff get you the details for Zoom a little bit earlier from now on, OK? <laughs> I thought it would be nice, yeah. <laughs> I would do my best. <laughs> Consider yourself Cheers, wrapped. So thanks, boys. <laughs> we will see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. Have you tried to King's Head at Marriott? It's more than just a pub, it's a way of life. Great beers, fantastic atmosphere, extensive locally sourced menu, a wood burner in the winter, regular quiz nights, and live music on a Sunday afternoon. Check out our Facebook page for all the news. The King's Head at Marriott. Telephone 01460 78912. Three Valleys Radio's football coverage is supported by the King's Head. Podcast.